Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Liberators Network podcast. I'm Christian, I'm one of the two Liberators together with Barry. And in this episode, I'm going to share my own learning about liberating structures and a different perspective that I developed last year during the Liberating Structures Learning Gathering in Germany. Now, if you have no idea what liberating structures are, let me give you a recap so you can make sense of this episode. Liberating structures are a repertoire of 33 interaction patterns. They've been developed by Henry Lipmanovic and Keith McCandless, and some of them are original, others are curated and collected from other practices that are helpful. But their purpose is always to create environments where groups of any size can interact in such a way that everyone in the group can feel heard, seen, respected, and can actually contribute to the thinking that's going on in the group as a whole. And that's pretty rare. That's pretty tough, especially when you're dealing with larger groups. There are usually some dominant voices, very extroverted people that find it easy to communicate their opinions. And that might make it difficult for people that are less opinionated, more shy in social settings, or just more introverted in how they act in groups to also contribute. And liberating structures are designed to help groups remove that issue and make it easier for everyone to contribute with the idea that the quality of the outcomes and the degree to which people actually feel engaged will be much higher than with other ways of interaction. Now there's a lot more to talk about to say about liberating structures. Just go to liberatingstructures.com and let's move on with the episode. When you use liberating structures as a facilitator, you may find yourself bored of yet another impromptu networking, Tris or a one-two for all. It might feel more interesting to try something new or more complex, like a future present or an eco-cycle planning, or to come up with your own structure, or even to dazzle groups with overly complex riffs and mashups of different structures all squeezed into one. I know I do, or at least I did, because last year during the Liberating Structures Learning Gathering in Hamburg, I discovered how this may be instead be based on a misunderstanding of what liberating structures are and why they are so helpful. In this episode, I will try to explain my perspective. Now, for people that are unfamiliar with the Liberating Structures community, you should know that Liberating Structures learning gatherings take place around the world, and they're both virtual and in-person events, where a lot of people that are experienced with Liberating Structures get together to talk about their practice and how they use Liberating Structures. And what's so great about these events is that often Keith and Henry, the founders, show up, are present there, and a lot of other people that are known in the community. And that's one of the reasons for us, Barry and me, to join the Liberating Structures Learning Gathering whenever we can, because it's a great opportunity to learn and to grow in your own understanding of Liberating Structures, which is also what this episode is the result of. My thinking started to shift during a conversation with Henry Lipmanovic, one of the two founders of Liberating Structures. He was also present at the learning gathering. One remark he repeatedly made throughout the gathering is that he feels that the repertoire should have stopped at eight or nine structures instead of growing to the 33 that we have now. And there are many more Liberating Structures that are in development. Although the other founder, Keith McCandless, has a different perspective on this variety, I really appreciated the minimalist perspective of Henry. It also ties into another remark about there being more value in depth than in the breadth of how the repertoire is used. It's so easy to explore the breadth, the variety of liberating structures and the interactions they allow by sampling the entire repertoire for just once or twice and keep pushing for riffs, variations and mashups. But this touches the surface of what is possible with each individual structure. 
It takes time for groups and individuals to become proficient with the structure and how to work with it effectively. Doing a one-two for all once or twice is great and people will see the power of it. But they also start to understand how and why it works and how best to interact in it when they do it over and over again in a wide variety of situations. Furthermore, they also learn how to best distribute time to feel comfortable with expressing complex but unfinished thoughts in short time boxes and to trust in how huge insights can emerge out of the thinking of the group as a whole. Or take another structure like Nine Wise. Truly getting to the core purpose is not something you can do after having done Nine Wise once or twice. This makes each liberating structure primarily a skill that users have to master, not a technique for facilitators to add to their toolbox. This was exemplified really well when Keith and Henry encouraged the group present at the Liberating Structures Learning Gathering to rely on their own skill to use impromptu networking followed by Troika Consulting. Without any instructions, the group knew what to do. It was awkward initially, but it worked. When facilitators continue to maintain control and hold the structure, these skills can never be fully mastered by users as they continue to wait for the facilitator to tell them what to do next. Whereas the entire point of the simplicity of liberating structures is so that everyone can use them, regardless of your experience. By indulging in their or our own desire as facilitators, the desire to try new structures or dazzle groups with amazing riffs and mashups of liberating structures, we may actually be preventing users from becoming skilled at them themselves. So while it's wonderful that so many facilitators flock to liberating structures, myself included, we should be wary of blocking the ability of users to learn the skill of each liberating structure. You can't learn a language when someone keeps feeding you the words. Although facilitators may act as initial training wheels, their purpose should be first and foremost to help users do it without them. Otherwise, the kind of deep thinking and profound interaction made possible by liberating structures are reserved for those opportunities when a facilitator is present. And even then, the depth of the conversation and the interactions will be limited by the skill of the facilitator. So what can we do? The following ideas emerge during and after the gathering. The first thing we can do is to rely on foundational structures for most of the interactions. And there's not really consensus as to what they are, but my own understanding and from what I understand most in the community is that you're talking about one, two for all, impromptu networking, nine wise, wicked questions, appreciative interviews, tris, 15% solutions, troika consulting, and what, so what, now what. These structures are so versatile that they can be used in almost every situation by groups of any size. Another thing we can do is that from the outset, we have to explain that liberating structures are there for users to acquire instead of a technique from the toolbox of a facilitator. By understanding it as a skill, much like communication skills, like asking questions and listening and active listening, it makes sense to practice, to repeat and to feel awkward and make mistakes. That's just part of learning. The third tip is to understand that repetition is also a form of learning. This is actually a mantra that's often repeated by the founders of liberating structures. And I'm only now starting to understand how powerful that is. Instead of designing strings of many different structures, there is power in repetition. Do impromptu networking multiple times to go deeper or further, or do multiple one-two-for-alls to advance the thinking of the group. 
The fourth tip is to gradually decrease the detail by which you explain the steps of a liberating structure over time. Although it's helpful to give detailed steps the first couple of times you do a structure, groups need to learn how to do it on their own. And if you keep giving them all the details, there's no incentive to learn. So over time, the role of the facilitator can be limited to maintaining the time boxes. Although even that can be done by the group if they have a timer that's visible to all. Another tip is to stop using complicated riffs, variations and mashups of different liberating structures just because it's possible. And especially for groups that are mostly new to liberating structures. There it's more powerful to focus on the foundational liberating structures and making sure that people know how to use them and maybe repeat their use throughout a workshop or throughout an event. And the last tip, and that's really one for myself if I'm honest, is to stop indulging as a facilitator by overcomplicating designs or by proudly showcasing how many liberating structures you can squeeze into each other. It's not about you or me in this case. Let's move to some closing thoughts. In this episode, I offered a different perspective on what liberating structures are. Rather than understanding them as tools for facilitators, I now find it more helpful to understand them as skills for users. Instead of facilitation methods, liberating structures are more like communication skills. And just like learning how to give feedback, ask questions and actively listen, it takes time for groups to become comfortable and proficient with liberating structures. So instead of falling into the trap of making it more about the facilitator, start simple, practice and repeat. When people start building the skill to use each liberating structure on their own, you'll start seeing their true power. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you learned something new about liberating structures. And if you have never used them before, I recommend you give them a try. They're very easy to learn. You don't need any certificates, any advanced training of any kind. You can just start using them by going to liberatingstructures.com and just give one, two for all a try. That's a very basic one, but a very powerful one. So if you like our content and you like what we do, please go to patreon.com and consider becoming a patron. We really appreciate it. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. And that brings us to the end. Thank you for listening. Take care, have a great day, and see you for the next episode.